Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas. So today I was joined by Troy Makepeace uh, for a Q&A episode. Uh, you local listeners uh, had plenty of questions uh, for him to answer. So yeah, I got him on uh, tonight. Um, apologies for the audio as well. It sort of cut in and in and out a little bit. It's um, yeah, you could see my voice echo a fair bit. Um, yeah, Australian internet it's a fantastic thing. So apologies for that. Um, I couldn't do much about it. Uh, you can still understand it. Um, you can still hear him talking. You can still see hear me um, sometimes a bit scrunchy talking as well. So apologies for that. Anyways, um, I won't hold you up. I'll bring on Troy right now. We're joined by Troy Makepeace once again. So, Troy, we're going to do a bit of a mailbag episode today. But before we do that, I'm just going to start with um, a few questions. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of press um, over the last few days. Um, oh, the media are obviously sensational. Uh, even you're getting involved with Ralphie. Um, is it just uh, really over the top with, uh, with it all? Um, it, it's hard, like, because we don't know what was said. Um, you know, we, we're only hearing what was said through sort of third-hand information, and that was that was all. I just asked Ralphie a question, um, yeah. you know, yeah. grateful that he responded. I wasn't sort of expecting a, a response, but, you know, just sort of asking the question about sort of whether where the information was coming from. Um, I'm not saying the information's wrong or anything like that, but you sort mm. of haven't really heard it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Um, So it's sort of, I I found it sort of a little bit like hearsay. Um, And then it just comes down to interpretation and there's no real context in, in what was said. Um, So I was just trying to get a bit bit more context, clarity as to to what was said and and who was saying it. That's all. Yeah. He did reply, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He said he spoke with um, Dan McPherson, um, at North Melbourne, so again, like that's that's fine. Dan might have um, you know, had all the information and, and that sort of thing, and why not? But still, I would have thought maybe he would have gone straight to the source and and sussed out David Noble himself to see what was said, and maybe he did. And Noble rejected the the to, or declined to comment on it. Um, so he's gone to to someone else and for a comment, and that's. What was said uh, again? I, I don't know exactly what was said, so I was just asking for for clarity. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I mean, are we blowing this up a little bit? I mean, at the end of the day, he's obviously given us emotions are high after a game, especially when you've been flogged. Um, yeah. You, I think you've copped a few sprays over your time when you, especially when there's been a bad performance. Yeah. Um, and he's apologised a few days later. That's pretty much the end of story. And Jack Siebel's even come out and said as much today. Um, in a uh, uh, like a media conference with uh, Jared Blakely, so yeah. you know, are we, are we overblown? I think uh, um, you can see why it's raised questions, considering the position the club's in in mm. terms of the field. Um, you know, things analysed um, a lot, a lot more and a lot more closely. So I can understand why the the fascination with. Uh, this sort of story, um, no, it's it's not anything that I wouldn't have gone through myself. Like, I would have been through it on the end of a couple of sprays and 
Um, and that's sort of one of my posts earlier on was in regards to just getting context of the whole situation. We, you know, what what level of of um, spray, if you want to call it, what you know, how aggressive was it? Was it yeah. to do with the game plan? Was it to do with the 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 players? Was it individual? Was it directed personally? Or was it personal? Like we we don't know what sort of level of spray mm. uh, it was, and then um, can. On the end of that, we don't know what level of of apology um, was delivered as well. You know, was it delivered personally? Was it delivered as a group? Was it? So there's a lot of things and a lot of questions that that we all don't know because we weren't in, and we didn't. Yeah, exactly. We don't have that sort of context, so it's really hard to have a comment as such. We're only sort of going by what we hear, um, and then, like I said earlier, it comes down to our interpretation of of how we see it, and you know. Uh, a lot of people hear spray and, and personal and and emotions and, and sort of put their own sort of two and two together and, and make whatever number they want to come up with. So, Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, Jack Zeeble sort of said, yeah, it was warranted at the time when we didn't think too much about it. And, yeah, he even said so much as uh, he didn't really have to apologise. Um, at the end of the day, you know, he's given us a spray because we kind of deserved it. So, yeah, I yeah. think it's just, um, yeah, it was on, it was pretty much uh, front page Herald Sun, back page Herald Sun. So, yeah, um, I, I think it's a bit of an easy target too at the moment. Like, we're losing comprehensively, like 10, 12 goals. And, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, get carried away with things when you hear things. And, yeah, yeah. obviously, um, there's other news. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was like Sam Edmund reported yesterday that uh, Jason Orn France is going to wait for the end of the year for contract negotiations. So, we, should we be concerned at all about that? I'm not, but should anyone be concerned? Uh, no, I, I don't think we should be concerned. I, I certainly, yeah, I think he might have even, Sam might have even mentioned that there's four of uh, the top 10 have already signed. Uh, five, I think he said, if you include. Um, Dacos, who signs an automatic four-year deal because he is a father-son. So on on those numbers, there's five to six that still haven't signed in the top ten of round one. So, you know, we're not asking questions of of those guys. Um, I understand, you know, and you will as well, we're right to be under scrutiny. Like, we're we're struggling um, in terms of on-field. And I think, I mean, I don't know... Should be that big of a story that um, you know Horn Francis hasn't signed yet. Uh, it wouldn't be as big a story if we were travelling all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, not yeah. right. You know, we still might be losing, but you know we're not losing by a sort of average of fifty odd points over the last few weeks. So if it was a, this year and things haven't progressed with his contract, yeah, I'd start to get concerned. Yeah, but you know they sign they sign a two year deal from when they first. Um, come to the club and, you know, um, I think he's well within his rights to, to wait till the end of the year and he's playing some really good footy and, um, you know, who's to say if he doesn't continue playing some really good footy that his value is going to go up. So he might actually be looking after himself a little bit more because he's, he's playing some really good footy at the moment. Yeah, we're kind of, um, with those contract negotiations, we're kind of at the mercy of him, aren't we, really? I mean, if he keeps kept playing this way, you know, and we've pretty much said, said as much, and he's, he's becoming the face of the club. It's, um, yeah, look, if his manager sort of says, well, we want five, five million for this kid, um, yeah. we kind of have to almost give it to him, don't we? 
Uh, close to it, yeah, it'd be crazy not to. I think. Um, <laughs> I, I think. I think it comes down to how how the club um, sells it to him, um, particularly, uh, and for a lesser to a lesser extent, his management. But how yeah. we sell the the whole process to him, um, if we can sell it in a way that you know, yes, he might be the face of the club, but it's an opportunity to to build something special around him and with him um, at the forefront of that and, you know, uh, build, build a, an opportunity to build uh, a legacy um, for, for quite a few years. So yeah. obviously we've we got to start obviously getting results. I don't, I don't think that can be glossed over um, at all. So we've got to start, you know, putting some results on the field um, and getting a really good vibe and feel around the place. Yeah, I mean, I guess the club can sort of say to them, his manager sort of say, look, we, we want to build around him, but um, you've got to give us, you know, a bit of salary cap space so we can get other players to the club as well. And we've got to re sign the Tarrant Thomases. Ben McCoy, yeah. he had a contract into next season as well. So he's going to, you know, demand a bit of money as one of the best key backs in the game. So, yeah, I mean, I guess they can use that as leverage and that might play in our favour a little bit. But, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes at the end of the yeah. season. It's one of those context things as well um, that we talk about in regards to the the spray scenario. Um, mm. Again, we, we, we're we not privy to the conversations that either Jason has had with staff or his management have had with the club. Yeah. So in terms of context, have they categorically gone in and said, we're holding off contract talks until the end of the year because we're going like crap at the moment. We want to see where we're at. Or have they just said, look, he's playing some good footy, you know, um, let him play, let him let him just enjoy the rest of the year and, and then we'll talk at the end of the year and, and get some things moving. So again, yeah. we don't we don't know the context of any any conversation had between him and, and his management. No, that's right. I'd be surprised if eight games into the match he's already disgruntled. I know we like you said we're struggling. Um, you know, we, we're comprehensively getting beaten each week. So, but yeah, he's still a very young kid as well. And he understands where we're at when he, when we drafted him, but um, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll sort of see how we go. So are you worried about all this media talk and, you know, about David Noble, there's even a report today that, um, you know, that we're talking to Adam Simpson, which I don't, I don't believe for a second. I don't think it's on your hood or the board will go behind David Noble's back and approach, you know, uh, a West Coast uh, contracted coach. So, are we a club in crisis? You think, or is it just getting overblown? Um, I can see why why it looks that way. And are we? Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah, there's there's certainly signs that that point in that direction. Um, yeah, do do we or are we looking at other coaches? Uh, I doubt it, but. Again, yeah. not not inside the the four walls, so you don't know, and it's not something a, a club's going to come out and say that they're actively doing anyway. Mm. Uh, so, so again, it's all down to speculation. Like I understand that you know the media's got a job to do, and and no doubt that um, the the high profile media uh, people will have um, a lot of ears in a lot of places and and hear a lot of things and and sort of put the puzzle together. Um, along the way, but I don't think they'll have a hundred percent of the whole scenario. They might have a fair bit of it, but yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of unknowns as well that um, can be put down to a bit of speculation and assumption. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I think uh, that's what uh, media is, a lot of assumption and it's speculation. So, yeah, but like you said, at the end of the day, we're not privy to what goes on behind the uh, closed doors. So, I mean, I'm sure when you were playing, you would have heard a lot of bullshit uh, media when um, you, you were in meetings and you know, bullshit was coming out and so, so forth. And, yeah, um, well, I think it's part of it, unfortunately, isn't it? Oh, don't get me wrong. There was, there was stuff that came out. You think, how the hell did that? get out yeah. and there was stuff that was not far off the truth and then there was stuff that was was way off the mark so like i said they, they can get uh a lot of it right um but they can get a lot of it wrong too so um until until you hear it directly from um the horse's mouth as i said earlier i think you know the rest you you sort of have your own opinion on it and and we go from there yeah, yeah, 100%. So you said that, um, you know, results have got to change over the next few weeks. Um, yeah. You've pretty much publicly said that. It's going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, we've got Port Adelaide who have found a bit of form yeah. in Melbourne next week. Um, how do you think we'll go? Yeah, I think you asked me a similar question a couple of weeks ago and I, <laughs> I, I, was, I said then I think that, you know, things will start to turn and... Um, yeah. You know, we've seen some some little things, you know, some little signs, but we haven't obviously seen them consistently um, over over a game. Look, if, if this last 24 hours has, has done anything, um, it's possibly put all the crap out on the table, all all the dirty laundry out, out in the air and, and given us, um, if that's the case, given us an opportunity as a football club to go, okay, this is where we're at as a coach, this is where we're at as, as a playing group, uh, let's put all the crap behind us and let's just focus on this week and go forward from there and and try and enjoy our footy and, and get some results along the way. And So I think this is an opportunity for us to wipe the slate clean against Port Adelaide and, um, and, and really have a red-hot crack. And, you know, if... Anything positive can come out of you know the the talk from from Jack Siebel and the talk from the club is that um, everyone's on board, everyone's on the same page, everyone's heading in the right direction, and and let's just knuckle down and and put a four quarter effort. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, look, usually when these sorts of things happen, and I've been wrong about this before, they usually do um, like bounce back, and they you know do usually put in a good performance on the weekend, especially under heavy scrutiny. But I have been wrong before, so. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're back in Tassie this week. We're usually pretty good there. Um, we yeah. weren't good last game against uh, Geelong, but yeah, usually, yeah, more often than not, we've been we're putting pretty good games in Tassie, so that might be a bit of a bonus as well. So we'll uh, we'll see how we go. I want to talk to you about some statistics throughout the year. Yeah, now, we're getting smashed in uncontested possessions. We're 18th in the league in uncontested possessions. We're minus 353 over the course of the season, which is miles off 17th. I think the next worst is Richmond, or about 270. Um, how can you fix that? Um, it's, it's a good question, and I think it comes down to our uh, the way we play in the sense of we try and go forward uh, very quickly a lot. Um, I think there's got to be times in games where you just need to control the ball. Uh, I think that's what teams do well against us, whether that's because we're lazy defensively or whether they just um, pick their moments, opposition teams pick their moments about when to pull the trigger and go forward. 
Um, you, you look at you obviously measure yourselves up against the good teams and look at what they do. I think the good teams, um, you know, like a Melbourne, uh, like a Richmond, they control the ball across the halfback flank. Um, yeah. They very rarely, very rarely, do they just uh, dump the ball long down the line. They try and hit those forty-five degree passes or even lateral passes, you know, twenty to thirty meters, and just control the ball and and wait and and have patience, and eventually something opens up. Uh, I think we try and force the issue too quickly. Um, yeah, we 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 can go quick, obviously, um, yeah. but yeah, we can't go quick uh, every single time we get our hands on the footy because we just get opened up back the other way. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what's killing us at the moment. Our turnovers are you know killing us as well um, at the moment as as well. Contested possessions, yeah, you know, we're, we're we're pretty. I think we're seventeenth in that. Um, inside 50 score, uh, conversion of scores is at 34%, which is one of the worst in recent in recent memory. And yeah. teams are scoring 46% of the time when they go inside 50. So it's, it's pretty much all over the ground at the moment, isn't it? Like we, we've got yeah. Uh, deficiencies. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not really. It's not, and it sort of, sort of says a lot as to what, what we're in the we're in, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So I think we just need to control the ball. Um, Try to just grind away and be patient and patient and patient and and yeah. uh, I I think might have been Dennis Pagan um, used to say that if we've got the ball it means the opposition don't yeah. um, which <laughs> when you think about it okay that's pretty pretty simple it's pretty simple but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. hard to execute I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a bit different to the game this day and age. Like, um, we don't have Wayne Carey at centre forward either. So, we can, and the game was more one on one based, you know, 20 odd years ago. So, yeah. yeah, teams, teams are very much uh, play zonal defence rather than men and men uh, this day and age. Do you think we yeah. could, you know, like, with, I talked about uncontested possessions and differential. Um, do you think we should just um, go back to the basics of one on one football going forward for at least the next few weeks? Yeah, I do um, because I I don't think our zone defence is working uh, as a cohesive unit at this stage. So I think we do need to go back um, to a one-on-one situation because I I was at the Bulldogs game um, and obviously you see everything across the field that you don't see on TV. You can see how players react defensively. You can see whether they're handing over. You can see whether they're communicating and yeah. The difference between the two teams was was quite telling. Um, there was times when the Bulldogs had the ball and a and a player would run past uh, a defender, and there was no sort of handover to say you're you've got him now or I've got him or it was just yeah. like okay he's there and now he's gone and now I don't have to worry about him and sort of weren't worried about where that player was running to or which area he was running to and there there was no real communication there. That was yeah. the one thing that really stood out the most. And I think if you go to a one-on-one defence, um, that, that takes that out of the equation, more accountable to your opponent. Yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, I was at that game. Particularly first quarter, that was um, quite telling. Uh, players guarding space um, pretty much along the boundary line. And like you said, there was no communication. The only communication was when uh, players were remonstrating with each other, telling them that you should have been there, you should have been there, or something like that. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it worked. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough. Watch that first quarter. Then we then we had a good second quarter, and we picked it up. We started 
starting more dangerous spots in the corridor and we've got a few turnovers and kicked a few goals. So, yeah, yeah, so we'll um yeah, we'll see how we go over the coming weeks. Um, it doesn't sound like they're gonna change too much from what uh, they're all saying. So yeah, I, I, which which probably is a bit of a worry. Um, we'll talk about um, our, our quarters. Uh, the second quarters have clearly been the best this year. Uh, we're four and four uh, as far as win loss in the second quarters and a plus one. Uh, second halves have been um, something terrible, like third quarter, one with one one third quarter and one one fourth quarter. Minus one hundred twenty four point differential in the third quarters and minus one hundred thirty point differential in the fourth fourth quarter. Yeah, what? What do you think that's happening? Um, yeah, because we're obviously coming out flat footed, and we're just um, yeah after a good second quarter. You generally we've um, we've just followed it up with um, a poor, really really poor second half. What, 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 do you yeah, have any third quarter ones? Uh, third and fourth quarter. So third quarter minus one hundred twenty-four. Uh, sorry, the first quarter. Oh, first quarter is minus one hundred twenty-seven. So three and five. Um, air record. Yeah. So that's not much better. That's no. yeah, that's so, pretty bad. I look at that and I see we're putting ourselves in behind the behind the eight ball straight away, um, yeah. and then we're having to to adapt and then change things and and go uh, more attacking and try and get ourselves back into the game and and then we're almost tired from trying to fight that way back in. Mm. It looks like, <laughs> and you can sort of look at the um, numbers in in that sense. So I think if we get up to a good start and then maintain that for the second quarter and, and, and are thereabouts, yeah. uh, then it gives us a bit of a platform. We're not, we're not chasing the game. We're in the game. And um, you look at the Sydney game as an example. We were in the game right from the start and, and you know, we're able to maintain that um, for the whole four quarters. I think most yeah. other games, you know, uh, as you'd read through Twitter and whatnot through supporters and that sort of thing, games are over at, at quarter time. Even the Bulldogs mm-hmm. game, for example, you know, we, we give up eight goals to one or nine in the first quarter and we fight back really yeah. well, but the damage was already done. Um, yeah. if, if you minimise or even square the ledger at quarter time and then have a really good second quarter, you're either equal or you're in front and then you're in the game and you're up and about. It's, uh, you're not sort of chasing the game. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it makes a big difference um, Yeah, if you can start off the game. Well, we had one of those start, good starts against the Swans and we are quite competitive in four quarters. Well, we should have won the game, really. So, no, yeah, we'll right in. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right there. No, that's, um, this, uh, we've only won, in saying that, we've only won nine quarters for the year. So, yeah, which is, uh, which is a bit of a worry, but, um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll see how we go this week, I suppose. You see he's been competitive this week against Port Adelaide? Uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll say it every week, mate. I yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It can change I pretty quick, can't it? It can. And you look at... Again, you go you go back to the Sydney game, and we keep keep going back to that because what we what we saw there was was effort and was intensity um, and was a genuine intent to compete. So I think at a, at a bare minimum, that's got to be our, our baseline, um, and everything else can stem from that. I know it sounds easy, um, yeah. you know, and and people go, well, why don't we have that intensity all the time? You know, you're playing footy and you and you got to win and that sort of thing, but. Yeah, when when things aren't, aren't going your way, um, things can definitely not go your way and, and make it really difficult to get out of that headspace. So, uh, 
as mentioned earlier, if we can use this week as motivation, get behind um, Jack and put it on the leaders to lead by example and set the tone like they did in that Sydney game and get behind David Noble as a coach and, and head in the right direction. Um, yeah, we, we can be definitely very competitive this week. Yeah, yeah, especially Tassie. I, I, I do like the way we're playing Tassie usually. So, yeah, except for minus the last game against Geelong, we've been generally yeah. pretty good. And it's probably not a bad uh, place to sort of um, go go to and uh, try and find a bit of a uh, bit of form and uh, a bit of confidence and a bit of belief, which is uh, where it's going to start. All right, uh, Troy, we'll go to some mailbag questions. I've got a now I'll go. Uh, I've got a few people mention uh, game plan. Do you say a game plan at this stage? Um, <laughs> Start off with easy, easy to say no because uh, yeah. we're getting beaten quite easily. So obviously, uh, what we're trying isn't working. I I think it needs to go back. Well, I can see what I think we should do, uh, but again, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we're trying. We're trying to be very attacking too often, um, and we're leaving ourselves exposed defensively. Yeah. So, if, as has been mentioned, the game plan has been tweaked or refined or scaled back, um, yeah. Yeah. I think it just needs to be uh, kept simple. Maintain the ball across half back line, um, and we need mobile mobile leading forwards uh, to give ourselves options because down the line kicking is not working. No, no, definitely. We've got to, yeah, I think the uh, forward structure is, is, is really a big issue at the moment as well. Uh, there's no synergy between you know, a lot of them at the moment, so they've got to really uh, work on that. Um, like I said, our inside conversion, uh, inside 50 conversion rate is one of the poorest in recent times as well. When we do get it down there, um, yeah, it's generally uh, – it's it's more of a hit and hope at the moment, isn't it, like the way we're playing? Yeah. We're not uh, – um, Can I ask you a question, Dean? Yeah. Um, I look at uh, – again, you look at all the good teams, you look at all the good um, goal-kicking forwards. Nearly all, if not all, of the top eight teams have a two-pronged forward, uh, forward line set up. Um, you, know, you look at, at Geelong, you got Hawkins and Cameron. Cameron. Uh, you look at Richmond, you got Rewald and Lynch. Uh, you look at Melbourne, you got um, you know Ben Brown uh, and Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald. Um, Number obviously. Bailey, Bailey Fritch. You, you yeah. got you got set or specific forward players, and I think you know, again, my opinion, I think we're limiting ourselves. Um, in that area, um, we've got obviously um, Nick Larkey, uh, and I, I don't think Zerha plays as that second tall. No, um, I think we need to bring in Charlie Combin um, yeah. and play as a two pronged forward line setup, and then Zerha gets that third defender, yeah. um, and I think that personally frees him up a little bit and then we need, you know, the likes of Paul Curtis and and some others at ground level to do some damage as well. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. Um, problem with Charlie Conlon, he's got a bit of a knee issue at the moment. Um, I think uh, Daniel McPherson uh, said today he's got a bit of a niggle, so he might even miss this week with a knee injury. He missed two weeks ago. Um, so it's just about sorting um, sorting itself out. But long term, 
I agree. I think the club see him as that second key forward um, with with Larky. Um, and you've probably got Callum Coleman-Jones that will fill in there as well uh, as another big big guy. Like, yeah, similar yeah. to an Austin awesome McInerney. You know, he's, he's handy. I think um, if uh, Callum Coleman-Jones gets the opportunity, I think he'll be dangerous. How many games has he played? Is that three? Oh, I think that was his third on the weekend. But I, yeah. I've seen signs like that uh, he can take a t- contested grab um, yeah. up forward. But, um, yeah, at the moment, like, he's in a, in a poor team, so he's not getting you – know, he's not shining or anything like that. So it's, no, it's that's, that's what I mean, though. Like, it's only three games into his North yeah. Melbourne yeah. career, uh, new club, new game plan. Um, and yeah. we have, you know, uh, obviously the first game wasn't his best, but – since he's come back in, you, you slowly see some little signs and, and you just want to see that uh, gradual improvement again uh, this week against Port. You know, um, Hopefully, uh, a game where he'll just start clunking some grabs up forward and kicking some goals is not too far away because, yeah, like you said, if, if he can fire up forward and take some heat off Larky um, and, and Zerhard, I think um, that frees them up to, to do some damage as well. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I couldn't agree more with that. But, um, yeah, hopefully, um, yeah, we can work on a few things. I, I think Verhart's found a bit of form. He was easily a most uh, dangerous forward last week and he's kicked seven goals in the last three weeks. So, yeah, yeah, yeah if, he, if he can get a bit of help. Um, I didn't have Larky last weekend, which didn't help. Um, no. Which didn't help his cause, but um, he, still, he still plays pretty well. I thought he was, a, he was our outfield forward all day, so all yep. night, I should say. So. Yeah, and he took uh, Mark of the Year as well. So, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's always a bonus. Uh, we'll uh, take a little wins. Yeah, uh, we, we're kind of happy <laughs> at this stage. So, and, and Colin Collins Jones, the other four, kicked the goal as well. So, you know, yep. yeah, so <laughs> things are looking up. They're not as bad as they seem, are they? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a question here from Luke Brown at Luke Bro. Uh, he's sort of saying. If Noble did get sacked, which isn't going to happen, like uh, big prospects like Alistair Clarkson or someone like a Nathan Buckley or Adam Simpson, would they actually want to come to a club like this right now? Oh, it's all hypothetical, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You, know, you could you could say yes. You, oh, I, I don't like these sort of questions. No, uh, I don't. Yeah, because... Yeah, you, you can have your opinion on it and then people think, oh, you don't rate the coach or you, you do rate the coach and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you just sort of don't really win. Um, no one sort of wins out of it. So I think we just um, get behind uh, David Noble and, and you know, let, let that run its course. Like, you know, the club's come out and said they're, they're fully behind him and the players have come out and said they're fully behind him. You've got to take them on their word for that and, and you've got to be positive and go forward. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. At the moment, he's uh, getting flogged like a dead horse at the moment, and uh, no one's really getting behind him. And yeah, I kind of feel for him at the moment. He's uh, for sure. Yeah, 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 it's it's not an easy job. And he, you know, the, the minute he walked in the door, it wasn't an easy job for him. He got uh, they traded away Ben Brown, you know, key forward, um, and he listed twelve senior players as well. So yeah, it's, um, it's it was never going to be easy. And you just got to look at. Other coaches that have been in similar situations that are still coaching now yeah. uh, that no one's talking about. Yeah, you, know, you get results and everyone everyone sort of leaves you alone. You, and this is no disrespect to Stewie G, but you know the Gold Coast Suns are, are doing really well. And it was only 
at the start of the year that people were saying he's only a, essentially an interim coach because um, Clarkson's going to go out there and fix everything for the Gold Coast Suns. Well, now the Gold Coast Suns are doing really well and have turned things yeah, around and no one's talking about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were very good last weekend. So, yeah, hopefully they can uh, continue that um, for their sake. Uh, I'll go to the next question. Is it, this, uh, I think it's all sports considered at all sports skin. Is it worth holding off the kids like uh, Charlie Common, Powell, um, et cetera, for the next three weeks with uh, playing against tough teams? Um yeah, is it? Um, you think like uh, we've got tough teams. It's not going to do the confidence any good. We just keep in reserves, or do you just pick your best twenty-two, um, trying to win the game, which is why I go. Yeah, it's an interesting question that one, um, and you can sort of look at it from from both sides of the argument as well, and and they have merit. Um, I would think if if I was uh, Powell or or Phillips or Combin or anyone else in that sort of category. They would be itching just to get back and play, yeah, um, and and I can certainly see that the merit in uh, keeping them out. But what happens if hypothetically we go out and and, <laughs> and win this week? Those guys that have had question marks hanging over their head uh, string together a good four quarter game, and and then what sort of scenario are we left in? Yeah. Uh, the following week or the week after in getting the, those Powell's and, and Phillips back in the side, especially if we start to, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Sort of, in a perfect world, turn it around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly so, right. But yeah. I think you, I think the coaches, um, I assume they pick the best wing two they, they seem fit to win a game of football, um, whoever they are. Um, that's that's the way I'd probably look at it. So, yeah. So the other part I mean, too, so is... Um, Noble come out what was it three two or three weeks ago to state that Powell um, would play you know three or four games um, in the VFL yeah. team before he'll look to get him back. So to me that is a clear sign that he has a plan for for him and and Phillips by the sounds of it, and also Combin um, to build up their their game time yeah. Uh, yeah. and and possessions and sort of whether it's to make them hungry or, or whatnot, I don't know. But it sounds like he has a real plan, a clear plan with those particular guys. So whether that's to bring them back this week or, or next week or after the bye, who knows? But uh, um, they've obviously got something in place for those those guys. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like it. it like yeah, they've got a long-term plan um, with some of them anyway, sort of. Um, whatever that is, you know, that, that's the thing. So, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you're right there. Uh, he's also asking about the mid-season draft. Um, who do you think we should target? Uh, what type of player in the mid-season draft? I think that the past few weeks is, and it was a sort of question mark I had at the start of the year was the key position defender. Yeah. Um, I think, but are you going to get a ready-made key position defender that can come in and? Um, you know, have the impact that we're after. Yeah, um, I've got, right I've got I, I like um, I like Marty Hall. Um, he's looked really good in reserves. He was very, he was best on ground by a mile in for our reserves team last week, and he's had a really good um, you know, first half of the year. He seems yeah. healthy, uh, good intercept play, uses the ball really well, got a good left foot, and he's got a mature body as well. He's um, I think he's 25, 26 now, so he's That's the top player. If he was on our list now, he'd probably get picked this week. So, 
So I'll be I'll be I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen a lot of him play. Who would you liken him to? Um, geez, yeah, good question. Look, who would I liken him to? Look, oh, whose um, position would he take? Oh, look, I mean, probably the way Aiden Cause <laughs> uh, played last week, and <laughs> he might take his spot, but they probably yeah. wouldn't drop him. But maybe, maybe, like at the moment, we've only got two key defenders. And yeah. each week we seem to get an injury yeah. um, to to one. So he's at least a depth player. And, yeah, yeah I mean, at the moment, maybe, uh, you, know, you know, with Mackay for the next couple of weeks, he'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll pick him based yeah. on that. Well, that's a, a good third ball. So, yeah, and, and maybe he'll be fighting with Josh Walker. Yep. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, look, like I said, I can't really comment on on Marty Hoare as such because uh, I haven't seen a lot of him uh, yeah. play a lot. So, yeah, I, I'm sort of <laughs> if it was yeah, a, posi- yeah. a position you're asking me about, that that's a position I'd look to to bolster first up. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, no. Um, there's another question here, Tyron. Tyron underscore Thomas six. Uh, would you consider a coaching gig at uh, at any level if offered by the club, Troy? At, at any level, as in, like... Oh, maybe reserves, I don't know. <laughs> or uh, play, play development, maybe. Play development's one side one side of the of footy that I really enjoy. Um, mm. So, hypothetically, um, if there was something like that offered and I wasn't comfortable in the current role that I'm doing now back home... Um, yeah, there was something that would interest me, that's for sure. Um, yeah, not not so much coaching. Um, yeah. But, yeah, definitely a development sort of role would uh, definitely uh, be interested in. No, sounds good. Send Gresham over to Sonia Hood and see what happens. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I'll get you by the <laughs> Yeah, um... Here we go. Uh, we'll go to Mr. Pink at Stem and Dam. If the reports about Noble are true, should he immediately be moved? Or is there still hope for him to get the players back? Look, that's all uh, media reports. Um, we've co- sort of covered that anyway, haven't we, re- haven't we really? Uh, yeah, uh, flatly, I'd say no. Uh, I'm not sure what he means by reports are true. Um, yeah. Well, they're basically well, thinking that the media is sort of saying that he's lost the players. Oh. Yeah, if he's lost the players, should they should he should he keep his job? Um, well, define what de, what defines losing the players. Like, I don't know. I think it's an easy an easy yeah. um, an easy yeah. out. Yeah. So yeah, unless the the players come. Or, oh, it's, hard it's, hard to hard. it's hard to quantify. Yeah, we we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, and you know, um, media reports are yeah. Generally, uh, can be bullshit sometimes too. So, yeah, don't always uh, believe what you what you hear uh, in the media. No, that's right. Yeah, uh, David Whiteley is asking where is Paul Ruse. I think he's retired and, and in Hawaii at the moment. Uh, <laughs> the shit post the spirit uh, at the at shit post spirit. Uh, if you if you could make one change to the game plan, what would it be? Uh, it'd be what I mentioned before. It'd be um, a, a more controlled. Uh, approach, uh, patient approach, particularly across our half back line. Um, 
chip yeah. around a little bit, get get those uncomp- uncontested possession stats up. Yeah. Uh, because clearly that's what's working against us is opposition teams are just controlling the ball. Yeah. I think if we can yeah. control the ball and, and take the game away from opposition teams uh, and we're patient with our approach, um, that opportunity to hit that target inside 50 will open up if we're just a bit more patient. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, yeah, lower the eyes a bit as well. And just, you know, yeah. like you said, just uh, hit those 45 uh, kicks. And, you know, sometimes even going backwards is not a bad thing. You like to switch the play across the other side of the ground to open up that space. That's true. We've got to stretch the opposition. Yeah, you yeah. You can only do that by going sideways. Yeah. And at the moment, we, we can't rely on Nick Larkin for the long kicks down the line, uh, can we? Like, just provide big pack marks. No, it's not working. No, no. It doesn't. It generally doesn't work. Even with a good, you know, like Mike Carey couldn't even play like, like that at the moment. So, yeah. 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 Um, we'll move on. Uh, so, Lewis at Lewis Dante, uh, what's, what's the worst spray ever copped? And, did you cry, apparently? So, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, you answered this uh, when I did an interview, uh, that was months ago, about your playing career. I think yeah. you sort of said uh, uh, one was when you sort of got told that uh, you weren't fit enough to wear a jumper. Is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was involved in that. There was a few of us who got told that we weren't our, – our game didn't typify what – North Melbourne is all about and sort of told that we weren't worthy of wearing the jumper and yeah. asked to, to remove the jumper and um, only those that were worthy on that day were still uh, had their jumper on at the end of the end of the meeting so yeah did I cry no um, did it emotionally hurt me I, I, yeah it did um, you know to, to be told that you weren't worthy of wearing a jumper that you're proudly uh, putting on each week was was um, did hurt me emotionally. Um, did I show it? Uh, maybe not, but um, deep down it did, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, yeah, it, it's almost, uh, yeah, you, you feel like you're, you're letting the club down and uh, you let supporters down and, and, and so forth. So, yeah, probably would have, uh, it probably hurt more than the individual spray being told that you're weak as pith or something like that. So, which I got told a few times when I played footy back in the days. But yeah, yeah um, been there, mate. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's part of it's part of the process, isn't it? At the end of the day. So, yeah. Uh, I've just got one final one for you. Uh, yep. It's from John Dwib at uh, John Dwib. Uh, he's asking who um, sets the standards at the footy club. Who drives that? Um, I assume it's a leadership. Um. Yes, um, definitely the well, legend. Should be talking about like getting the tra- uh, the training standards and probably you know uh, I, I don't know team meetings and getting there on time and still getting there early and stuff stuff like that. But she was talking about that. Yeah, it's uh, sort of we'll, we'll go with that sort of scenario. Um, yeah. it definitely comes from the senior players um, driving those standards and and sort of holding. The other players, not not to account, but sort of um, teaching them the way of that things need to be done, um, and that's not just training as well. I think uh, that's on the on the field too. Um, definitely, when you know the likes of sort of Anthony Stevens and and Glenn Archer were, were up and about, and you know putting the pressure on 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 the field, it, it certainly uh, made you walk a bit taller yourself. Um, and you sh- you did notice when those guys weren't on the field, say you know injury or or whatnot, um, and then you had to either do it yourself or 
or you, you had someone else that was uh, prepared to lead the way as well. So, yeah. yeah, I'd be looking at the guys that have been there for for quite a few years. Um, you know, Zeebel, uh, Anderson, uh, Larky now as well, Zerha. Um, you know, I'll be looking at the likes of, of Aiden Core to lead by example down back um, without Mackay there um, and Simpkin and, and Goldstein in the middle. So there's players that are across the ground that can certainly lead by example and, and lead the way. And um, I, I guarantee it if you know, Simpkin and, and Luke Davies Uniac and Karen Thomas are starting to lay, lay tackles and putting immense pressure on the opposition that others are, are certainly going to follow. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree with more. So it generally happens. I guess, um, yeah, Jason Lord Francis is uh, setting a, a good standard at the moment as well, isn't he? More so with his defensive pressure in games. Yeah, I think it just goes to um, he was such a sought after player at number one. Um, yeah. It's just been disappointing that he's, he's the one that is having to lead the way. Um, it shouldn't be up to him. Um, you know, he should be riding on the coattails of, of the other guys we mentioned earlier. So it's a big challenge for, you know, the likes of LDU and um, Simpkin, Taron Thomas, Goldstein, uh, to really drive that from the middle, uh, set the tone from the start of the game uh, on the weekend and, you know, let, let uh, Jason Horn Francis do his thing, which we know he, he's capable of doing uh, without that added pressure of being the only one doing it. <laughs> yeah, at the moment, it felt like he was doing it uh, a lot in the first half last week and did some uh, absolutely great chase downs as well. So, yeah, yeah we, we can't, we shouldn't be relying on an eight-gamer eight to sort of set that standard. I mean, yeah, but, yeah fair enough if he's played 100 games. But, um, yeah, we, sort of, we, we, we kind of are missing that. Um, the leadership, uh, you know, individually, the leadership group are really struggling. Like Aiden Core had a really poor first quarter last week, um, got got schooled by a rookie um, in his first game. You know, uh, LDU has probably taken a step or two back this year. Um, yeah, we, we, I mean, we, we've got a lot of problems at the moment, but uh, our leaders aren't helping at the moment, are they? No, it's, and, and that's been mentioned a few times in the yeah. media as well. And, um, you know, it's a real uh, a pride now for, for those types of guys to say, no, that's not what we're about. And, you know, we're yeah. a much better group than that. And, you know, we, we know what we're capable of. And I think it just comes down to what we what I've mentioned uh, on a few occasions. It just comes down to do something defensively, you know, tackle, chase, smother, harass, yeah. and get yourself, you know, get a bump, like take a bump or... You know, try and break break out from a stoppage and get tackled holding the ball, so be it. But just try something positive, yeah. something proactive and get yourself into the game. And um, if they get up and about, uh, uh, you know, we, we know as supporters, we know how dangerous, you know, LDU, Simpkin and Karen Thomas can be. And, um, yeah, we just need them all firing at the one time. would be really nice. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, even Shane Warne, Said if you if you're feeling a bit flat, uh, get yourself in the game by just getting into the opposition a little bit. Sometimes even that can help. Like just yes, getting, exactly. uh, yeah, or like just um, saying to someone, "What are you looking at?" Or just giving them a bit of a push and a shove, um, yeah. or, or something like that. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. That, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, Troy, um, did you want to add one final message to the supporters out there? No, I think um, it's good to hear from. Jack Siebel today. Um, yeah, 100%. You know, uh, it's tough. We're in a tough situation. Um, but like he said, you know, the, the players are hurting just as much. It's not like they're not trying to change things. It's not like they're not training 
uh, to a high level. Um, so, yeah, the old the old adage: uh, stick with us. Um, things will turn eventually. Um, yeah. We'd like them to be sooner rather than later, but they they will. And you know, once they click, you know, we ride out these these bumps, then the the good times will be far more enjoyable. Yeah, and full credit to supporters. We've uh, we've got our record membership this year as well in the last week, considering how bad we're going. Um, that's 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 a really phenomenal effort. So yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. It. You understand their frustration, and I really feel for the supporters, and I get frustrated as well. But yeah, um, hopefully, good times aren't that far away. Yeah, no, we we can't be bad forever. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's got to change, and uh, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later, like you said. Uh, anyway, Troy, um, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think I've held you on long enough. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll chat to you soon. No, it sounds great. Thanks for having me on. So thanks to Troy for coming on the show once again. Apologies for the poor audio. Um, it was good to get something out anyway. Um, yeah, just Australian internet. That's how it goes sometimes. Um, but it was good to get his perspective on uh, how we're going and you know, next play's perspective on um, what goes on behind the closed doors. And, you know, um, it was good to get his uh, perspective on, you know, how, you know, the scrutiny the club are under at the moment. Anyways, that's it for the, this show. I really appreciate all the likes and retweets, um, you know, the comments, um, yeah, everything that um, you guys, you know, um, do for the show really helps out the downloads are coming thick and fast it's going all over the world at the moment which is really good news so yeah keep up the great work to everyone i will be back uh later this week with an episode of mark hello it'll just be a preview of the north melbourne versus uh port adelaide game coming up on saturday at blundstone arena uh anyways that's it for this show i will leave a shout out to michael gallagher bye for now